You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. This is the Artist Profile Series, episode 35. Simone Weil was a French philosopher, mystic, and political activist. She was born February 3rd, 1909 in Paris, France, and died on August 24th, 1943. In her short 34 years of life, Simone Weil worked in factories, trained with anarchists for the Spanish Civil War, taught philosophy, ministered to the poor, served as a military nurse, and wrote prolifically about her social philosophy and thoughts on God. After her death, posthumous publications of her writings catapulted her to a status of one of the great religious philosophers of the 20th century. Spiritual seekers, countercultural thinkers, Christians and atheists alike were each moved by her revolutionary ideas and the way she embodied her convictions through radical activism. Simone Weil was Jewish by descent, born to wealthy parents, and lived a comfortable life as a child. But ultimately, she renounced the affluent lifestyle she inherited to live and work among the poor. She believed that to know truth, one must live an unencumbered life, free from attachments to worldly success. This inclination to identify with the poor and suffering surfaced at an early age. When she was five, she refused to eat sugar as an act of solidarity with soldiers who were denied sugar on the front lines. Again, when she was 10, Simone snuck out of her family's apartment in Paris to join a labor protest she had seen taking place from the window. This identification with the poor and suffering would grow to become one of the defining hallmarks of her adult life. An example of this takes place in December of 1934, when Simone took leave from teaching philosophy and applied for a job working in an automobile factory. Her intention was to experience assembly line labor firsthand. She had written and theorized about it for many years. Now, she wanted to experience the arduous life of laborers for herself. And so she put herself in their shoes, literally, becoming one of the workers and laboring alongside of them until her physical body suffered severe repercussions. This horrific experience was seared into her being. The affliction of others entered into her flesh and soul, she said. In 1935, Simone Weil traveled to Portugal with her parents, where she sought to recover from the harsh impact the factory labor had left on her body. It was here that she experienced the first of three mystical encounters, which turned the heart of this brilliant agnostic philosopher into a devoted, albeit reluctant, follower of Jesus. It was a festival day for the patron saint of the small fishing village where she was staying. Standing alone at night, Simone witnessed a group of fishermen's wives moving from boat to boat while chanting ancient mournful hymns and carrying candles in celebration of the saint. The haunting melodies and otherworldly beauty of their devotion stirred her heart toward the eternal. Something woke in her. She experienced at once the joy and the bitterness of Christ's sufferings as a real event. 
An unexpected conviction came over her that Christianity was preeminently a religion of slaves and she identified herself as a slave belonging to it. This revelation illuminated her experience in the factory with new depths of meaning. Her compassion for the afflicted was now placed in the larger narrative of a God whose love for humanity was expressed through suffering. She saw in her own compassionate gaze the eyes of Christ staring through her onto those who suffered. A year later, Simone visited the chapel of St. Francis in Italy, where Francis was known to frequent and pray with his disciples. Here, Simone experienced her second mystical encounter. Something stronger than herself compelled her for the first time in her life to go down on her knees. In a moment, she found herself buckled under the power and presence of something greater than her intellect. Simone Weil encountered the imminent presence of God. In 1938, while staying at a French Benedictine Abbey, Simone again experienced a tangible presence of God, this time in such a way that the rest of her days would be marked by the experience. She was contemplating Jesus' sufferings and the power of the sacraments and said that the thought of the passion of Christ entered into her being once and for all. Shortly after this experience, Simone found herself reading and learning to recite the works of 17th century British metaphysical poets, including George Herbert. She had long suffered from migraine headaches and found that whenever her headaches were severe, she would recite Herbert's poem, Love, to find relief. On one occasion while reciting Herbert's poem, Simone recognized the recitation had grown into a form of prayer, and she experienced through it a sense that Christ himself had come down and taken possession of her. This experience highlights her understanding of attention as a form of prayer and how she saw creativity in the religious impulse as one expression. In the book Gravity and Grace, Simone Weil heralds extreme attention as what constitutes the creative faculty and says that only extreme attention is religious. Biographer Leslie A. Fielder points out in her introduction of the book, Waiting for God, that like no saint before her, Simone Weil distrusted the conventional apparatus of piety and grace. Instead, her encounter with God came through forms of art acceptable to the most skeptical anti-Christian. This ability of finding within art a means of encountering the infinite is a quality Simone continued to explore throughout the remainder of her life. In her essay on beauty, Simone Weil tells us that art is an attempt to transport into a limited quality of matter modeled by man an image of the infinite beauty of the entire universe. She goes on to say that God has inspired every first-rate work of art, though its subject may be utterly and entirely secular. It's fascinating to see in her writings how her meditations on human misery became an unlikely catalyst to behold a new and robust revelation of beauty. 
She understood that only through beauty could one truly come to behold the reality of God and to be transformed by the divine presence. She said, Beauty of the world is almost the only way by which we can allow God to penetrate us. Again, she said, The soul's natural inclination to love beauty is the trap God most frequently uses in order to win it and open it to the breath from on high. Simone found a relationship between the beautiful and the horrific that is almost inescapable when we consider the meaning of the cross for any length of time. She tells us that the sea is not less beautiful in our eyes because we know that ships are sometimes wrecked. On the contrary, this adds to its beauty. All the horrors of the world are like the folds imposed upon the waves by gravity. That is why they contain an element of beauty. Sometimes a poem, such as the Iliad, makes this beauty perceptible. Despite her deep encounters with the presence of God, Simone Weil explained that her place was not inside the church, but on the threshold, at the intersection of Christianity and everything that is not Christianity. She was concerned of being taken over by church patriotism and the exclusivity of the Catholic Church's claim to be God's sole vehicle in the earth. Simone recognized the need for church as a social structure and even held many deep friendships with Christians, including a Dominican priest, Father Jean-Marie Perrin, whose friendship became one of the most significant influences on her spiritual development. However, she feared that church participation would lead to compromise in her own spiritual vocation. She feared losing her intellectual freedom and thus remained on the fringes of the community of faith, though she confessed her heart had been transported forever into the Blessed Sacrament. Toward the end of her short life, after traveling to America and then back to England, Simone connected with the militant Free French movement and desperately tried to re-enter the war in occupied France. She asked to be sent behind enemy lines as a covert. When this was denied her, she sought to be airdropped onto the battlefield as a lead nurse. She was refused this opportunity as well, and despaired at her inability to do anything about the war. The one thing she could do was to stand again in solidarity with the suffering by refusing to eat any more than the meager rations of food allowed to her fellow countrymen in the war. Her health was already frail and only worsened. She became exhausted through elongated fasting and contracted tuberculosis. Instead of taking the doctor's orders to rest and eat, she continued her fast until death. Her death was ruled a suicide through voluntary starvation. However, many understand that self-harm was not her aim. Some say that she died of an excess of love seeking desperately to embody the experience of the afflicted. Others cite the tuberculosis as the cause of death. But in her taking on the life of the afflicted, Simone Weil parabolized the life of Jesus in her own body. She entered into the afflictions of the poor herself. And this relentless empathy is what makes her a mystic. For the mystic is never satisfied learning a detached knowledge about reality, but instead seeks to become one with the reality 
by entering into an intimate, even mystical communion. Thank you so much for listening to the Makers and Mystics Artist Profile Series. This episode was written and produced by me, Stephen Roach, with music by composer Sean Williams. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Makers and Mystics and leave us a kind review on iTunes. If you'd like to support the production of these podcasts, please consider joining our online community at patreon.com slash makersandmystics. We'll see you again next week with another full interview episode. And in the meantime, keep creating because the world needs your art.